This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Brought to you by Scott's. And a good morning to you on this Saturday, 16th day of, uh, what is it, April? Yes, it, can yes. you believe it? What Charlie, a I can't. difference a week makes. Well, yeah, and what's gone wrong with the weather? That's what I That's want That's what to I know. mean. Last Saturday it was sunny and warm and uh, we were all outside. Not The only today. thing that bugs me more is gas prices, but we'll dispense with that. Don't go there. That little, that little intro, uh, I feel like saying uh, we have three people in the studio today, dopey, sleepy, and dark. And, uh, <laughs> Not to mention grumpy. That's right. Uh, Charlie, we have a special guest, Mark DeZero, who um, has a, well, a He's huge, the web creator. He's the webmaster. GardenToronto.ca. We'll talk more about that with Mark in just a moment. But his extra duties today, uh, he is in training. He's the sous chef <laughs> in training, and, or the under-under gardener. And the phone numbers. Frank. Hi, Mark. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Well, uh, after that wild intro, I, I, I wouldn't feel that good myself. <laughs> I uh, think Frank's trying to get out of his job, actually. Yeah. I think it's the weather has made everybody crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, uh, we don't have a long trip to make, I can tell you. 416-360-0740 for Toronto area listeners. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And is our won't, or is her won't, Charlie always <laughs> makes announcements at this time, so I shall not keep you from it. Thank you very much. Well, you're quite welcome. You do a fine job. <laughs> Thank you. As a sous gardener, as a sous chef of the garden. So, listen, a couple of things coming up. It yeah. is that time of year. This weekend, if you are feeling a little blue and, and soggy with all this rain, you can get out to the Scugog Spring Garden Show. It's in full swing. And it's quite a quite an event, actually. I was there last year speaking. And it's, it's like a Did they any... invite you back? No. Did you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank, thank you. I love the way you always keep things on track. Uh, at the little at the Scugog Spring Garden Show, there's vendors, there's exhibitors, there are great speakers this year, just like last year. There are door prizes, and there's a judged flower show. This is all hosted by the Pine Ridge Garden Club, and it happens at the Scugog Community Rec Center, which is at 1655 Reach Street in Port Perry. And like I say, it's a pretty fun event. This Thursday evening, April 21st, the Muskoka Perry Sound Master Gardeners are presenting and hosting Lorraine Johnson, who will be speaking on Adventures in Urban Food Gardening. This is happening in the Algonquin Theatre in Huntsville. Tickets are $15 at the door. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lorraine Johnson is quite uh, the... She is brilliant. She she, is. And she's such a sweet lady, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And she's been writing books. She, it all started with native plants. She started writing, and now she's right into chickens and, and obviously food gardening. Yeah, urban agriculture. Right, exactly. And so she did a very good presentation at Canada Blooms, or a couple, I think, but one I was watching. She, yeah, she's... Um, 
she's a busy person, and she run, she's got a farm in downtown Toronto in a tiny, really? but yeah. in a little tiny lot. Right? She does everything in a really small ah, space. Someone who actually does that sort of thing could teach you how to do it. Mm-hmm. I actually saw on her blog where she planted tomato plants on top of her roof. Right. <laughs> she, she really uses space it's well. It's about getting out there to pick the tomatoes, but <laughs> bring that ladder up. Tall friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and always remember... Hort societies, events, activities, you can check when your local society is meeting by just very simply going to www.gardenontario.org. Uh, and from that website, of course, that's the whole OHA or Ontario yeah, yeah. website. From there, you just find your community, click on it, read about when and where they meet, and, you know, go for it. Join. Go out to even pick up some cheap plants. There's always plant sales at this time of year. Oh, so nobody knows cheap better than you. Thanks for that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I always like to mention that GardenToronto.ca is a wonderful resource for what's going on in the mm-hmm. GTA. And today we have the creator of GardenToronto.ca with us, Mark DeZero. So listen, hey Mark, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. You know, when I first heard about you, it was, and we'll have to probably get oh, into no. this more what later. What did they say? <laughs> it was what him. I read. No, I'm kidding. Um, it, was, it was all to do with the first All-Canadian Rose Show. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's when Mark kind of, for me, broke on the scene because he wanted to create and, like, literally create and present the first All-Canadian Rose Show. I'm sure. That was June of 2008. <clears throat> so it was actually quite a few you know, quite a few years yeah, ago now. Yeah, that's right. And that, but it was a very successful show, was it not? It was. It it actually got a lot of publicity. Mm-hmm. It made national news, which wow. I was, which I I can't complain about. No. For, first time that I did a show, yeah. it was very successful, and it brought people from all over the country to uh, to come and see roses that were specifically bred in Canada. Right. And you used your home farm for part of the presentation, did you not? Well, the the thing about the show is that the uh, it was held in June mm-hmm. when most of the hybrid teas are in flower, but a lot of Canadian shrub roses flower in May. So I use the farm a lot for publicity (laughs) Uh. uh, to show people, oh, these are some of the Canadian roses that are in bloom now that won't make it to the show. Right. But something horrible had happened. Hadn't a tornado (laughs) gone through like a week before? Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks before the show, the tornado came through and knocked down the tree. Oh, that's enough to freeze your rose buds off, isn't it? And and flattened everything. You wait as these buds start to swell (laughs) and here's everything flattened to the ground, but oh. you know. But you weren't devastated. You just picked everything up and you kept on make going. You do. That's what Canadians do. They make do with what they've got. And that's yep. what gardeners do as well. Exactly. Uh, one little lesson for the uh, sous chef in training now. Uh, I forgot <laughs> to give our mantra. Call early, call often. One question per call. Uh, back to your announcements. No uh, problem. But did you give the phone numbers? Yes, I did. Right okay, off good. the top. Yeah. Um, then I think that we're probably good. Uh, I know my job. <laughs> I know you too. I swear I wasn't listening, it's, obviously. It's 9-11. David Gaskin in the room there is signaling like it's a 747 coming in for a landing here. Okay, yes, yes. We shall take our first break and be back momentarily to have a chat with Colleen here on The Garden Show from AM740. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. Frank Proctor along with my auditioning sous chef, Mark uh, (laughs) DeZero, and the phone numbers for The Garden Show here at AM740 in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And out of town, anybody uh, in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie, over to you. 
Thank you, Lovey. I think um, the main thing for us to do is uh, just go on to our first caller, who Colleen, who's calling from Stainer. And she has a Rose question, which is nice because Mark might just have some insight. You never know. Because I know so much about roses. Well, <laughs> come on. You presented the first All-Canadian Rose Show. Well, all righty. Welcome to the show, Colleen. How are things in Stainer? Oh, just fine, thanks. A little wet this morning. Yeah, uh, that's Good everybody. Good morning to all. I love your show. Thank you. Um, I have a problem. I have my grandmother's rose, <clears throat> very, very old roses, like clusters of very pale pink roses. Right. And very mild fragrance. <clears throat> it's been transplanted over the years many times. About five years ago, we put in a new garden, and it thrived. It had beautiful, beautiful flowers. Last year, I sprayed it, I fed it, and the, even, the, even the leaves were like filigree. The bugs just seemed to thrive Whoa. on um. everything that I fed it. And, um, if it looks like lace, if, the, if, if it's all a series of holes on brown leaves, it's often Japanese beetle. Which you would normally see on the plant. Did you see any insects on the plants? Oh, they just were in a swarm. Yeah. yeah. And they're like little beetles, right? I can't just exactly recall now. It was last year. But uh, I remember they were in swarms out there, and I would just be devastated every time I looked at this rose. Now, it's, mm. got, it's got big, and it's got like woody stems, mm-hmm. and I, I cut it down uh, drastically in the fall, and maybe that's the wrong thing to do. How far did you cut it down? Uh, not past the nub. Okay. Well, first of all, first of all, roses are very much like clematis. They'll either flower once a year in June or they'll flower all year, which means they either flower on old wood or they flower on new wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you get flowers all summer long or is it just a June flowering bush? I wouldn't say all summer, but it would be an extended period for, for the blossoms when when it did blossom. Do you get any flowers in the fall? Like no. September? No. No, not okay. in the fall. Well, the good news is, if it's an old garden rose, if it's if it's lasted a long time it and it was your grandmother's rose, chances are it's going to last for a very long time. Because right. roses, a lot of the cheaper hybrid teas that we get from the States, mm. they stop. The minute you stop taking care of them, they croak. Yeah, they poop out. So they it's, can't it's not survive. Like, yeah, it's not like you're going to lose your grandmother's rose. Uh, it's like a big bush almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big shrub rose. Uh-huh. That, but so, you know what? So, I guess, what's your real question is what should it's you do now? It's the Japanese beetle. Or it's are a, you worried about the bug? I am. And I'm also, am I feeding it? I think it was like uh, some kind of miracle rose food I was feeding it and spraying it. Um, now, with the new sprays that we're allowed to spray, it was specifically for roses, and I thought I was doing everything right, but obviously I wasn't. Well, no. You know what? Sometimes you're going to have better years, especially you transplanted this, correct? Well, about five years ago right. it was transplanted. Now it's, now it's getting almost like um, a small tree type and, thing. Yeah, and remember we had a very mild winter last year as well. So a lot of the grubs in the soil are going to make it through to become Japanese beetles. Right, the, the, the winter before last. Right. Yes, you're right. So it, that that could have affected the performance of the rose. What's interesting is that we're just going to have to live with Japanese beetles. There's no getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. But 15 years before Japanese beetle, I think the Japanese beetle were introduced around 1915 to North America. Earwigs were introduced, unfortunately, at the turn of the century. And today... Earwigs are not as bad as they were 15 years ago. So we're hoping that the Japanese beetle problem will correct itself as well as natural predators come in and, and, and clear up this situation. But they come in after Canada Day. 
And you just sort of have to expect that, that you know, it's part of nature, that things are going to happen. Is but, there a spray that, that is more effective than others? <sighs> there are traps for Japanese beetle oh, that have okay. the hormone. But, pheromone. Pheromone, sorry. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. <laughs> pheromone is a hormone, really. There you go. Then it's why correct a, me? But it's a bug, it's a bug <laughs> hormone. Sorry. The, the problem is it's an attractant. So if you have this, if you hang this in the garden to try to attract the beetles away from the rose, it's going to attract all your neighbor's beetles to your garden as well. Oh, I'm so, on small farm, so oh, well, I don't have to worry about immediate neighbors. Are you there. on clay? I am. Yeah, so am I. But unfortunately, you know, what you can try is propagating the rose. Take some cuttings in mm-hmm. June. Try putting it in a new location and see if it does better in, a, in a, another part of the property. But okay. it's, it's really hard. You're going to you're gonna have to take it year from year. From year. <clears throat> yeah, and I think what you're saying is right, Mark, that we are going to have to get used to Japanese beetles, and it's picking them off, it's squishing, squishing them, them. Oh, it's setting <laughs> up traps like she you suggested. She squishing stuff. I do. Long. I'm a big, I've, particularly of, of beetles. But you know what else I read recently? Um, geraniums, annual geranium, which prop, the proper name is pelargonium. Apparently, there's something in the pelargonium that... Um, causes Japanese beetles to be almost paralyzed. So what you do is you plant a bunch of geraniums around your roses. Mm -hmm. When the Japanese beetles fly in and they're interested in your rose and they're going to land on the geraniums as well, they'll take a few bites out of the geraniums. They'll become paralyzed for about 20 minutes, half an hour. While they're paralyzed, you can more easily pick and squish. Or (laughs) birds are more likely to be able to pick them off and eat them. So the geraniums don't kill the Japanese beetle, but there is something in it that does cause them to become inert for a a short period of time. So that's the one. So and there's a lot of biocontrols that they're working on as well right now, just because it is a big problem. Japanese beetles annihilate not just roses, but a lot of our garden plants. They love grape Mm -hmm. vines, and they will they'll destroy if they're not sprayed. So all right. Am I right to when I cut it in the fall, or should I wait till spring, or is that correct? I, I usually wait. I don't know. Last year, I must have done it in the fall because I okay. looked at them this morning and they're they're all cut down. But usually, I wait until March until the frost starts to go away, and then give them a really good cut cutting yeah. down. If you're not sure about what pruning the rose, the best rule of thumb is in the spring, cut off all the dead wood, okay. and see how let the rose tell you how it appreciates the ro- uh, the, the the pruning. If okay. it if it if it's very floriferous, then the, then just use that. If mm-hmm. it has a lot of old dead woody stuff that doesn't produce flowers, then prune it down to the ground next time. Right, and do fertilize in the spring. Thank you very much. Okay. Hey, Colleen, thanks, thanks for Colleen. joining the show from Stainer, Ontario. Charlie Dobbins Garden Show special guest today, Mark Dezero, a webmaster, a creator, GardenToronto.ca, and I've learned something already from Mark, a handy horticultural term. They croak. <laughs> I like that. Okay, we'll be back. we'll be back in just a couple of moments. Meantime, I'm starting my exercises, and that's for a particular reason, Mark. Uh, it's an <clears throat> it's a, a visual cue for our good friend Charlie Dobbin to say. Frank is such a producer, you know. Uh, the reason he's starting his calisthenics is because he just wants to show me how limber he is and how his joints are not creaking or hurting or painful whatsoever. Yeah, any squeak you hear is because I'm so tight. 
<laughs> In more ways than yes. one. Frank uh, and I both take a product called Sierra Silk, mm. which is a mineral supplement. Keeps those joints smooth and working and pain-free. And I just started, got it for my birthday, I got a um, membership at Good Life. So I'm now getting into getting a little more back in shape. And I'm happy I'm taking Sierra Silk because my knees are not bothering me at all. So if you're interested in learning more about the product, give them a call. one 877 Joint 14. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. Frank Proctor, the sous chef, along with Charlie and our special guest, Mark DeZero, uh, Toronto, uh, GardenToronto.ca. He's a website creator, and we'll talk more about how you can get to some of the fabulous links that he can provide to you. Meantime, though, our callers have been so patient here. Catherine, here in Toronto, thank you for waiting, and good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate the show, uh, Charlie and uh, Frank. Good morning, Catherine. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Um, my question, I went down my garden where I have what I call an, an evergreen forest mm-hmm. and discovered one of the spruce trees, which is, I live in a bungalow, and it, it's the size of the height of the house and a half again, mm-hmm. very tall, uh, had shed all kinds of lumps of of its twigs. There was just a mound around the tree, which I've never had before. Okay, were these green twigs or brown twigs? Green. That, okay, and were they... Well, you know what? They're, squirrels will chew off... I've seen this. You see this at this time of year. A certain amount of building of nests and things going on. Squirrels and were raccoons will, will nip off the tips of the evergreens for yeah. the purposes of nest building. Oh, those little devils. Yeah, those little devils. So, but it was all just sitting on the ground. Yeah. Just lying on the ground and, and thick. You know, it wasn't one layer. It was almost in piles. Wow. And I thought, goodness, it, I mean, when you look at the tree, because it's so large, it didn't look bad. Mm-hmm. It doesn't so far. But I thought, is there something wrong with the tree? Uh, it's going to be a, end up being actually a pruning job that might not be a bad thing. It sounds like a bad neighbor <laughs> who didn't like your trees oh. came over and, and chopped them down. <laughs> Does, if, well, it happens. But it's true. <laughs> no, but Catherine said it doesn't look bad as a result of There's all no this. There's no oozing <clears throat> sap from the, uh, the tree itself or anything that looks unusual on the tree. Well, no, I haven't examined the trunk. So um, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Take a take a look because the the branches on the ground are just like a manual, you know. But these uh, aren't thing. whole branches. These are the tips. These are like three, four, five inch chunks, right? That's right. Yeah, it's not like three foot lengths of no. branch, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what it is. Believe me, I I was just in somebody's yard this week, and the exact same thing was going on underneath. All you can do is, you know, once the rain stops and you're in the mood to get out and do something, pull out your rake. You're going to want to clean up under the spruce anyway because you've got pine needles from last year that have come down in the wind. You've right. got cones, or not pine, but spruce uh, needles and cones, plus now these green bits on the ground. Just it'll be a cleanup and a refresh of the area with perhaps a little top dressing because... Soil is always depleting. We always have to keep the soil levels up. So some nice compost in there would be good for the spruces. As well, is topsoil sufficient or should it be triple mix? Triple mix is better than topsoil. Yeah, 
Yeah. Triple mix should be better than topsoil anyway. It is a combination of the three things in triple mix are topsoil, peat moss, and manure. So if, if it's good triple mix, it should be better than just straight topsoil. And I Catherine, see. I'm pretty sure as sous chef that it's not beavers that are attacking you. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but I do have busy little squirrels. Yeah, I'll bet. You do, exactly. So not to worry. I don't think it's going to be a big problem. Let us know if anything you know, detrimental seems to be going on. But frankly, I think it's just going to be a, a kind of a pruning job that you would never have done yourself but got done for you and the fact that it's never happened before is yeah, unusual weird. i yeah. mean this is the first time this is i've been here there's a no, long time there's no deer tracks or anything underneath <laughs> no. the trees <laughs> no, no they would have but eaten i mean it. this could happen over like every 10 years or something like that well you know what let me look it up and see if there's something different going on this year but uh, you're absolutely right i have seen it in the past and i have seen it this year but oh. you've seen a lot this year so let me look it up and see if there's anything i can kind of shed light on why this might be happening or if anybody out there has an idea give us a call Okay, so I would listen next week to hear if there's anything. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I listen every week anyway. Well, there you go. <laughs> so keep listening. No Thanks, extra Catherine. work involved. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Thanks Catherine. for your call. Thank you so okay. much. Okay, you're listening to Charlie Dobbins Garden Show from AM740 Zoomer Radio. Phone numbers for Toronto 416-360-0740 and anywhere else in the province. It's toll free one eight six six seven forty. For 740, our special guest today, Mark DeZero, who uh, is a website creator, GardenToronto.ca, and we'll find out just a little bit later on uh, exactly how many links that, through his website, uh, he can get you to. Mm-hmm. Meantime, or that's, see, that's terribly bad grammar, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> get to, you to. Uh, yeah, get you to. Um, maybe make it T-O-O, that'd be okay then. <laughs> get you to. Okay. 9.30 on the button, and uh, we're heading off. It's a good to... thing you've got a sous chef in training <laughs> uh, uh, here. That's right. I, I fear for my job now. Uh, is it Enos, I believe, in Scarborough? Good morning. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I, when I phoned in, I said moss. Uh, I said mold, but I meant moss, actually. Moss. Oh, moss. No problem. Yeah. Now, I have an embankment, which is mostly in the shade. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. Because um, and there's also the neighbor's big tree, which you know, does its job. Mm-hmm. But how can I get rid of it? I bought some for spray for moss. Mm-hmm. And did you try it yet? I haven't tried oh, okay. it yet because I have some vinca growing there and some astilbes. Oh, you see, that's exactly what I would do is l- grow what grows there. Moss is growing there because, as you point out, it's shady. Yeah. It's moist, obviously. Yeah, and yeah. it's probably a little bit on the l- um, low pH side, slightly mm-hmm. on the acidic side, which mm-hmm. is moss conditions. The spray you bought is probably soap because that's what they no, sell. It, it has some, it has vinegar, I think, in it, and some fertilizer. Oh, okay. You know what? Don't use. I wouldn't use that. You can vary if you really don't like the moss. Early in the spring, with a trowel, just remove the moss. I've been doing it, raking it. <laughs> okay, raking it, and yeah. continue to encourage the periwinkle, which is the vinca. Yeah. Astilbes are great. Pachysandra would grow nicely in there. Uh, lamium would grow yeah. nicely in I there. I have a few ferns there too. Yep, ferns would like. Yeah, ferns love moist, you know, yeah. slightly acidic, shady spots. Yeah. So, so continue to add in the things you want, and what'll happen is if they are happy, they will outcompete the moss. No, but it seems to be spreading it also seems to be going into the lawn on one side and again those where that it must be sort of the north side of the building or the north side of a house or what a fence or something yeah. it's low light conditions yeah, yeah 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 the other thing is to test your soil 
do a very simple pH test on your soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it is indeed a fairly acidic soil, you can add horticultural lime to the soil, raise the pH, make the conditions a little less happy in yeah. terms of moss uh, thriving there. Yeah. Uh, and then just continually, as you said, raking. As soon as you get in there spraying any of the vinegar or the herbicide, uh, you know, the, the current herbicides, you are perhaps going to do damage to the moss, which is part of your plan, but you're definitely going to do damage to some of the things you love, like the estobes and the yeah, ferns. Yeah, and the estobes are doing very well there. Yeah, oh, great, perfect. So that t- it's obviously moist because estobes love the moisture. So keep going in there with ferns and estobes, and yeah. they will at some point outcompete the moss. Yeah, because I've been raking it for a couple of years now, and it still comes back. Yeah, well, it, moss does that. <laughs> yeah. It is, I think it's kind of a nice green ground cover myself, but, but you, yes, you're right. It is, but not in this place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. Well, carry on with the raking and yeah, like a simple pH test will tell yeah. you whether it's appropriate to add some lime, mm-hmm. which will slow down the moss growth as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, Doke. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks, Thank you Amos. very much. Thanks. It's 9.34 here on Charlie Darlin- Dobbins Garden Show. Charlie yeah. Darling. <laughs> Charlie Darling. Darling. Yeah, it's really easy to rent it. Deep. It never works. Uh, oh, we've got to catch up. Here's Heinz from Unionville. Did you get that? Yeah. Hi, Heinz. How are you? Catch up. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I love your show. <laughs> thank you. Morning. We have a problem. For the last two nights, we have a raccoon coming around, and he is tearing up our lawn big oh. time. And you know why he's doing that? Normally, uh, they go after the crops. Mm-hmm. But our grass is nice and green. There's no dead grass. Normally, with the crops, uh, they eat the roots, and you could leave the grass shut mm-hmm. off. Well, actually, it's a great question that you're asking. <clears throat> the amount of damage grubs can do is directly proportional to the number of grubs. Okay, so when we have those yellow patches and where we can tug on the yellow blades of grass and there's no roots there's typically a very high population of grubs in that area. However, all of us have grubs in our gardens and lawns, and when our gardens and lawns are in good condition, we think we don't have grubs because we don't see damage, but we do have them in there. It's just the population is low enough that the damage they're doing is not visible to our eye because they're not doing enough damage to kill anything. Yes. Which is, I think, what you've got going on. You've got a few grubs, and the raccoons are sniffing them out. Aha. And it's either them or the starlings or the skunks. Somebody's going to be in there digging and poking and making your, your lawn into a mess, finding but, the grubs. But like they tear off big, huge pieces of grass. Mm-hmm. Do they, are they at least rolling it up when they lift it? <laughs> or are they actually sort of throwing it aside? No, in big bits and pieces. Bring the little Swiss Army they knives. Do. No, sometimes they do. Raccoons what, will do a beautiful job rolling, rolling your lawn yeah. up out of the way. And then you just roll it back down in the morning. Yeah. Be darned. But this is only a temporary situation. Yes. As soon as the ground starts to harden up, the raccoons are going to choose your flower beds to dig in as opposed to your lawns. So, And shortly thereafter, the grubs are going to move on to pupate and no longer be grubs. And yeah. then everybody's going to disappear and stop digging around. So well, it's, I don't think we can do in the meantime. Nope. No. Nothing. Just allow them. I know it's a pain, but just you can get out there and fix every morning or wait the next week, 10 days, two weeks, and then fix your lawn after that. It's also a good idea to take a look around and eliminate the places where the raccoons may be sleeping at night. Like if you've got a hollow tree, it might be time to call the arborist and, uh, and have that removed or an old shed that they're hiding in. So 
or take under. it as a sign that there's a lot of raccoons in your in your neighborhood. I think it's only one. That's the only one I see sometimes at night, and he comes out of the field behind the house. If, oh, if you can devil. see one, you've You'll, got more. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you know what else you learn from something like this? Where the raccoon is finding the grubs tells you where you're going to want to apply nematodes in August. Because uh, how do you spell that? Well, the nematodes is N E M A T O D E S. So nematode or nematode. Yes. And this is something that we we purchase the eggs. Uh, we follow the instructions on the package. And they're they're uh, kept in the freezer the or fridge, the fridge yeah. to keep them dormant. Yep. They're live. They're live eggs of these little tiny <laughs> wire worms. And what we do is uh, follow the instructions, get these little nematode eggs into the lawn or garden where we've had grub damage, because where we've had grub damage is where we're likely to have it again. Because grubs are very consistent, or I should say beetles are very consistent, laying their eggs in the same spot every year based on dropping down from trees and and roof lines and and fences and laying their eggs directly beneath. So that's what it tells you is that if you want to try and control the grubs, excuse me, that might be a problem next year, get the nematode solution in August. Okay, I will try that. Ah, I think you should. Hey, Heinz, thanks for calling in. Thank you very much. much. Take care of Unionville Force, uh, the garden show on the air, 938 the time. Can we quickly uh, squeeze a little uh, note about uh, Mark's business in here? I think that's a great idea, Frank. Did you want to interview Mark? Yes, I'd love to. Uh, Mark, (laughs) you, you, I understand, had taken a course at McMaster University about... Dealing with and and um, web. Uh, creating web designs, yeah. etc., et or websites. Yeah. Well, it, it it only made sense to me at the time. In these difficult economic times, it's it's important to update our skills and skills that we can take with us no matter where we go. So I figured, yeah. learning how to code a website would be uh, something that I could do wherever I was and whatever my age. Uh, so I took the course at McMaster, and as a hobby, I started. Uh, gardenwriters.ca, gardenradio.ca, gardentelevision.ca, and my blog, gardentoronto.ca. And through the through gardentoronto.ca, uh, you provided links where sure. folks can sure. go any, to many sites, right? Sure. Any horticultural club or plant society that wants to uh, advertise their show that's coming up can uh, can post a, a, a put a po- an e poster on my calendar, or uh, or have links to their to their websites. And I go and I cover and I photograph and videotape everything and. Post it there in my blog, so it's a real community of of uh, of sites, of links to these various sites for the people in the Toronto area. Okay, uh, and Mark's quite mm-hmm. the videographer. Uh-huh. This is a fairly new skill, but you've been really learning that and learning to edit. He did some great video during Canada Blooms, and which are posted on the Canada Blooms website. I might point out. So if you go to CanadaBlooms.com and go right down to the bottom of the homepage, there's a listing of all the different videos that different people got involved in making, three of which are, were posted by Mark. Uh, one is during the construction phase of the show, and Mark was there taking shots and putting together a whole video. It's very good. Well, Terrific. you know, that is the future. That's, yep. you know, going from regular blog- blogging to, to video blogging. Right. That's, that's where things are going. Well, I hate to break the bad news to you, Mark, but <clears throat> I've tied 
timed this segment uh, dealing with your company. And uh, I know that Steve Scheiman, our sales manager, is listening in. So uh, you're going to be getting a bill for $15.50 <laughs> for the commercial. Okay. Well, never mind. Okay. <laughs> All right. And we, we have to go to a break here, but we're going to come back in just a flash and have a word with Jennifer, who has uh, Scheffler's... Don't uh, worry about it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find out. You'll find out in a moment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, back after these words on the Charlie Dowden Garden Show from AM740. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef, the under-under-under-chef is Mark DeZero uh, of uh, GardenToronto.ca. Mark will never us. want to come back again. Well, all right, I'll make it four unders. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> there that makes job, it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Charlie, we've got uh, Jennifer on hold here. So hello and welcome to the show, Jennifer. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I have a question for you about Scheffler. I believe it's uh, that's what it's called. It's a house plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought... Uh, a I bought the plant about four or five times now, and I haven't been very successful. I buy it in a little garden container, bring it home, and you know, transplant it into another larger pot. But uh, in about two or three weeks, it dies. And um, I've tried using a little liquid called a transplanter, I believe, mm-hmm. and um, haven't been very successful. So I don't know what I'm doing um, wrong. I've left it near the patio door, so there's um, light most of the time when I'm home. And uh, when I'm not home, of course, the blinds are drawn. But um, do you know what's the best way to have this grow? Okay, well, clearly you really like that plant. If you've already tried it four or five times, there's something about a Schefflura that's really working for you. Uh, I like the way it looks because I've seen it in many homes and offices. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's got these leaves. I think they're about, uh, yes, about six or seven leaves, you know, it looks almost like an open palm. That's right. And, to, and they're commonly referred to as umbrella trees because they do grow in that horizontal branching and very yeah. tropical looking, right. uh, nice plants. I, uh, off the top of my head, the thing I think that's happening for you is lack of sufficient light. Oh. They love a bright, sunny spot. The brighter, the better. Mm-hmm. So when you've seen them thriving in offices or we see them in hotel lobbies. We'll see them in, you know, shopping malls sometimes. There'll usually be a skylight above or there will be a, um, supplementary lighting. It might even just be fluorescent lighting, but there will be supplementary lighting on very consistently for lots and lots of hours every day. Okay. So I'm wondering if, if you really love that plant, if you could put it in a brighter spot in your home, have it someplace where it's close to a window, preferably southern or western facing, mm-hmm. in order to get lots of light. Charlie, is it okay for me to have plants in a bedroom? Sure, of course. Okay. Oxygen. Yeah, because I wanted to do that, but then I also read that, you know, it's not the best thing health-wise. Oh, it's the opposite. No, no. Uh, the only... Okay, if, if there was a f- question of, say, fungus or insects... Don't, uh, no, no snapdragon. Uh, that's yeah. I, the only thing I... <laughs> Stay away from yeah, the snapdragon. <laughs> yeah. also, also remember that a bedroom, people like to you know, keep it quite dark. Yeah, yeah. If it's a bright room, then mm-hmm. sure. If the plant's going to do well, why My not? My bedroom faces south. I have all kinds of plants along the uh, wind, like a table in front of the window. Creepy Charlie. Exactly. Oh, creepy <laughs> Charlie, yeah. <laughs> Creeping Charlie. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, we have a window, actually, and we get a lot of bright sunlight mm-hmm. if I don't close the blinds, so I can do that. Exactly. Leave the blinds open every day, oh. during the day. Close right. them at night, not a problem. Do you have time for another quick question? Oh, we can't, my can't. love. Okay, all right, not a Others problem. on the, are Or you waiting. can cut, try calling back in. Yeah, yes. Okay. Thank you so much. 
Thanks Thank for calling, Jennifer. Uh, time is 9.47. I've been uh, struggling in my mind to try to come up with a clever intro to our next caller, but anything <laughs> I've thought of is just too cheesy. Hi, Bree. How are you? Oh. In, uh, in Simco, uh, Simco, how are you? Fine, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh. That relative cool has settled yes. into the studio Good morning, Bree. <laughs> Good morning. I'm calling in regard to a gardenia plant that I purchased mm -hmm. about six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It bloomed beautifully. Mm -hmm. And in the last week, some of the buds have started to fall, and some are not totally opening when they do open. And I wonder if I've kept it too moist. It's in a northern window and gets lots of light and a little afternoon sunshine. Mm -hmm. And um, and are you misting it every 10 minutes or spritzing? No. Should oh, okay. I be misting it? Humidity. It's all about humidity. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. And moisture's good. You really, you, you said you want if you're overwatering it. It's, you don't want it to sit in water for no. too long. Mm -hmm. It's okay to water and have water in the bowl below, but within a half an hour or so, make sure that you've emptied that saucer. Like, it's okay to sit in water for half an hour or so. Oh, should I be watering it from the bottom? No, you can water right from the surface right from of the, the soil. Top, but just let it. But it does. Make sure there isn't any after a half an hour. Yeah. And then always keep it moist. Okay. It, Gardenias need that moisture, and bright is good. And Mark's got a look on his face; he wants to add something. Yeah, are, are they very much like uh, like azaleas, yeah. where they like cool, like cool temperatures as well? Or no, gardenias are super tropical. tropical. Okay. Uh, so azaleas are more sub semi semi tropical. So a lot of the same conditions, uh, but more in the humidity is much much more important for gardenias. And when they, like camellias, when they drop partially open buds, that's what it's telling you. Okay. And should I uh, fertilize it? You can when it's flowering, for sure. With, when it's flowering? Yes, which would be now. Right. And you could use an all-purpose flowering plant fertilizer, or you could use a fertilizer that would be specifically designed for acid-loving plants because gardenias, similar to azaleas, are on do prefer a peaty soil and a low pH. Okay. Would it be... Okay to use the ones that I use on my rhododendron? Which is a, yeah, water soluble? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It would be. Yep. Okay, very good. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Good Thanks, luck with Bri. that. Thanks for Thank your call. You. Bye From bye. Simcoe, nine, uh, almost 9.50 right here, and we'll be along in moments to talk to Hartley. Uh, mm. In the meantime, though, you can see what I'm doing. Jack. I can, I am exactly. I'm flexing my little muscles. Have you been um, doing your kickboxing? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I've got to get back to it. Uh, uh, I had a back problem earlier in the fall, and I didn't want to aggravate it. So, uh, okay. But I am well now. I'm, I'm better. Well, there you go. So staying active is important, Mark. When you get out in the garden, do you feel uh, pain later by any chance? Just normal, getting older kind of, kind of <laughs> oh, joints start to... to, and to I, he already told me that. he was a young puppy, so it's, I can say whatever I want. Well, you know... I. I think everybody has uh, everybody has to be concerned about their nips, their nips, their <laughs> knees and hips. <laughs> well, you know, we're all we're all getting older, and your nips. You should be very yes. concerned about them as well, well when it's cold. <laughs> oh, Charlie's gone. Uh, it's gonna be hard to finish my thought. Here. <laughs> all right, it's a good thing I'm so bendy. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh dear. Let's take a break. Compose. Everybody get composed. Pulling back. With everybody still here, I think, on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. There are hundreds.
hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. And before we were rudely interrupted by Mark's nips. Um, <laughs> okay, we, Mark did a knees and hips yeah, connection. Yeah, spoon rhythm there. So mm. what he was... Ref- so did you want to finish something <laughs> no, there, Mark? It wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. No, no. Thank you for, for jumping in there. It was really my responsibility. <laughs> Don't start laughing again. Oh, God. Water came out. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. Uh, Right. Uh, the reason we were talking about yes. knees and hips is because we wanted to just <laughs> clarify that you want to keep them limber, keep them moving, and not be giggling so much. Sierra Sil is a mineral supplement which can help if yep. you do have joint pain, whether it's connected to arthritis or just being active and getting stiff as a result of it. Sierra Sil, just like the mountains, so sierrasil.ca or one eight seven seven joint fourteen for more information. As a matter of fact, a very good friend of ours who lives just down the hall in our same apartment mm-hmm. building in St. Catharines, a longtime friend. We've just recommended the product to her, and she's on her way to fix them up. Oh, the good. Last time I talked to her, Friday, I guess. Oh, good. Thursday. Well, yeah. You'll have to so, see if she can report yep. any any results. It doesn't Absolutely. work for everybody. But Arthritis in the hands. Yeah. Is what, what, uh, well, that's what it does for yeah. my mom. It keeps my mom's hands. She can, you know, play blackjack. So hang in there, Evelyn. <laughs> hang in there. All okay. Right. Uh, thank goodness Hartley is hung Still in there waiting. all this time. Yeah. Still waiting. Poor Hartley. Jeez. <laughs> hey, in Oakville, good morning, Hartley. Welcome to the show. Whoops. Hello, uh, Hartley. Uh, there we are. Yeah, yes. hi. Good morning. Hi, and hello, Charlie and Frank. I'm Peter. I know gentleman there. That's Mark. Well, hello. Hello. And I'm, I'm glad I met Charlie at the Can of Boom show. Uh-huh. How are you, Hartley? Good, thank you. And you're okay, Hope? I'm well. The weather? Mm-hmm. Yes. Pouring rain. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, my daughter bought me a um, amaryllis as well as bought one for herself. Uh-huh. And neither one are blooming after a long time. My leaves, the 3Ds, look pretty good. They're long, about three or four feet long, and nice mm. dark green, looks very healthy, but nothing. And then in February, I bought another one, and I gave it away. And a few weeks later, they had nice three blooms there. Uh, too bad you gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> another, another two is that three weeks later, a few weeks later, I had another set of three flowers. Yeah. A good long time for yeah. a blooming period. Oh, yeah. They can keep sending out flower spikes. It's amazing what an amaryllis, a big, fat, juicy amaryllis can do. But I have found that if I start growing an amaryllis and the first thing that comes out is leaves, then chances are I will not see flowers this year. Now, it doesn't well, it mean... Like all the energy is going to leaves. Well, it's got to do with the maturity of the bulb or the amount of energy carbohydrates stored in the bulb, whether it can form a flower or not. So sometimes it's just not old enough. It's not big enough to oh, make yeah? a flower. Okay. So let it do its thing. Let it be a green plant. Water it. You know, keep it in the sunshine. It's going to be no. like a house plant or take it out for the summer if you like. That's what I think maybe I should do. Yep. Take it out for the summer mm-hmm. and bring it in after frost. Then bring it in before frost. That's right, before and then frost. And what will it do until we want to bloom again? Well, that's right. We've had some good um, people, you know, people give us some great advice on what they do. They bring it in usually, I think, in late August, early September, yep. and just go straight down to the basement with it. Yep. No watering, no light. Just let it sit in the basement for 10 weeks. Mark it on your calendar. Weeks, okay, yeah. Bring it upstairs get it out in a fairly sunny location at that point and start watering and you should see a flower pop straight up at that you know shortly thereafter okay 
Okay. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you very much, Hartley. Nice to hear from you, Hartley. Yeah, okay, thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Hartley is a really old fan of mine. He's, he, I think I told you about yes. him. So often when I'm anywhere near Oakville or Mississauga or out that way doing any speaking, Hartley comes. And, and he, he saw you at Canada Blooms. He was front row and center when I was speaking at Canada Blooms. Him and his daughter, we had a nice chat. Still trying to collect the 10 bucks that he loaned you. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, there yeah. must be some reason. <laughs> do we have time for another caller here? If we do I think we quickly? could do it. Okay. Yeah, quickly. Anne in Toronto, good morning and welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I've spoke with um, Charlie in the past about my African violets. Mm-hmm. I have five plants and I've had an abundance of flowers on them in the past four years. But last winter, they didn't bloom at all, but the leaves grew very big. Now they've all got buds on. One is blooming already. What my question is, can I cut back some of these leaves? Will it harm the plant? You know, if the leaves are getting old at the bottom, you can easily pull them to the side and snap them off. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't remove healthy leaves. Right. Oh, yeah. because, the, you know, they seem to be, I mean, the buds are coming up through the center, but they seem to be choked off by all these new leaves. But I just go in there, even just use the tip of a pencil and just move the leaves slightly so that the buds pop out between the petioles of the leaves, right? The little stems on the leaves. Okay. And you're right. I mean, sometimes I find leaves are kind of, it makes it an unbalanced plant. There's a leaves shooting off to one side and not shooting mm-hmm. quite as far on the other side. Yeah. So in that case, like Mark suggested, not a bad idea. Perhaps remove lower leaves just to balance the plant. But generally, um, the plant needs as many leaves as possible to maximize the photosynthesis to then maximize the flowers. Oh, I see. Because, you know, they're so big now that in my, on my windowsill, which is a nice sunny window, um, they, they're touching the window all the time. Yeah, this is where we sometimes have to either start doing some transplanting uh, uh-huh. into bigger pots yeah. or widening the depth on that windowsill for next winter because the leaves, you do not want them touching the glass in the winter. Right, and they didn't get very much sunlight all last winter, mm-hmm. although the leaves did did um, grow very healthy, yeah. but um, there's just too much of it yeah. now. Well, if you grow them well... Um, take a look at the website for the Toronto African Violet Society because you can buy a whole bunch of different varieties that are far more compact and will fit in your situation. And they've got mm. incredible variety of flower color and and uh-huh. uh, and uh, shape. It's it's something to, to take a look at. Oh, the extra, I'm sorry, love, we have to move along. We're just bumping so up much. against the news. Thanks, Anne. Thank, Thank you, you very Thank much. You, uh, and thanks to Mark DeZero, uh, who <laughs> we, is... To, the, for <laughs> causing us to giggle well, so hard. Well, yes. Garden Toronto. <laughs> .ca. Check it out. Well, you, you might even have his nips on there. You never know. <laughs> Would you stop? You were going to let him talk a bit about links, but now we're completely out of time. That's well, okay. So that so do go to Next his time. website. Exactly. And GardenToronto.ca, tons of great links. Don't forget, it's Earth Day this coming Friday. Uh, it's also Good Friday this coming Friday. And um, my family's celebrating Passover this Friday. So, well, I mean, wonderful. it's like a lot of action going on this next week. So everybody have a wonderful week. Today, Mark and I are going out into the rain to uh, do a, a shoot a video called The Bare Essentials of Good Gardening. Oh, here we go. <laughs> More on that next week. The news is next on See you all. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.